Sean Lynn in the pub for a dram with friends where we talk about faith, family, food, and fun. Pull up a chair and I'll pour you a drink. Episode 61. We are extremely glad to welcome Dr. Brian Zoomless into the pub to talk about growing Catholic education. Sit back as I pour us a wine. Welcome to another episode of A Dram with Friends. We are extremely excited to have Dr. Brian Zoomless join us in the pub. He is the Chief Superintendent for the Catholic School District. Welcome to the pub. Well, thanks for having me, Sean. And uh, we're, we're having wine today because you're a wine guy and I spilt the sea, so uh, Cheers. welcome. Cheers. Cheers to you. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Yeah, it's when we're recording it, shortly after the New Year. Uh, you just got the students back in school yesterday, so uh, I'm sure you're ready for a glass of wine, are you? <laughs> Almost every night. <laughs> <laughs> it's been it's been a hectic, well, two years for you. So, uh, for our friends in the pub, who is Dr. Brian Zumas? So, I'm the chief superintendent of the Calgary Catholic School District. Uh, the Calgary Catholic School District is the largest Catholic school district in the province of Alberta. We're sitting with about fifty-seven thousand students, six thousand staff, and. Um, you know, we're really blessed to have wonderful people such as yourself. You are an SRO, a school resource officer that works at St. Francis High School, and I've known you for many years now, and it's such an honor and a privilege. Thank you for inviting me to share and to have this opportunity to be with you and everyone this evening. So how does it compare, like, with school Catholic school boards across the country? You've got to be one of the largest in North America, I would think. So we're the largest in Alberta, and I believe we're the second largest in Canada, next to the Toronto Catholic School Board. Wow. Yeah. And I know down in the States, they have more of a parochial system, so you'd be larger than most of the Catholic school boards down there for our, our friends south of the border. So that that's quite the responsibility, and I know you just took the job at the beginning of 2020, didn't you? Yeah, so my first day of work was March the 1st, and <laughs> two weeks later, we began our Easter holidays, and right at that time, first of all, I had a trip to Mexico planned, had to cancel that, <laughs> so that never happened, and then we transitioned all of our students to emergency online learning at home, and so uh, I thought I did a pretty good job. It took me two <laughs> weeks, and then all the kids were out of the schools and gone at home, all the staff too. But, you know, we, uh, we needed to do that as we learned more about a global pandemic and how to navigate through it. And so they worked at home for the remainder of that school year. Last year, the students were in session. And then this year, we've just began the beginning of the fifth wave. And we're already into the beginning of the fifth wave here. So right? you, you were baptism by fire. And uh, that, that's got to be possibly one of the worst ways to start your new job. Uh, but I... I have to commend you on on keeping the schools opened as much as you have compared to other jurisdictions and and the kids I've told people that 
I felt like school was basically back to normal other than the masking and, and some of the, the other rules, kids are, are back in school and, and having those learning opportunities, building those relationships. So, uh, hats off to you for, for trying. Cause I know it doesn't matter whether you're the premier, the principal, the chief superintendent, the bishop, somebody's telling you that you're doing it wrong. <laughs> Well, it's very polarizing, that's for sure. But I think at the end of the day, I'm so lucky to work with many gifted people. And we have, you know, the bishop is one of those individuals. And I meet and talk to him frequently. And as we operationalize, you know, the work of Alberta Health Services and the government, uh, you know, I think our students and our staff have done a really good job. We talk about uh, being true to five health measures. And the first and foremost is every morning when we get up, we need to check our own health. And if we're experiencing any of the symptoms related to COVID-19, we need to stay home and not come to school. And I think, you know, our students and staff have been doing that. And that's the first and probably most important mitigation strategy. In addition to that, we talk about sanitizing our hands, washing, and not only our hands, but surfaces, washing our hands, keeping the space where possible. And then, unfortunately, we do have to embrace the wearing of masks. In Alberta, the Alberta Health Services have mandated masks from grades 4 to 12, but all of the large urban jurisdictions in Alberta, we took an extra measure of implementing it, mask use from kindergarten to grade 3 as well. And part of the reason why we did that is, you know, the City of Calgary bylaws are such that children age 2 and over need to wear masks. And, you know, my own wife, uh, Sandy, she's a kindergarten teacher at Ascension of Our Lord School and has been with the district for 25 years. And her little ones in kindergarten, and I've been into her class, like, they wear their masks and they do a pretty good job of policing themselves and like, hey, put your mask up and stuff. And so we know kids can do it. We know it's not easy. Um, my heart goes out for all of those who have been impacted by the pandemic. Yeah. And I want to thank people just for their cooperation during this time. I wish we can get rid of masks. Like it looked like it looked like we were getting so close. And then all of a sudden this latest variant hit us. And here we are again, wow. even deeper into mask use than we were before. Here's hoping that this latest one runs its course uh, as it seems to be milder than than the past and and one of the things that i found interesting is that you opened up a position of head of catholicity so you're you're taking that catholic identity very serious with our catholic school boards and i i appreciate that so what what made you do that well, I've been in Calgary Catholic for 31 years now, and I'm really proud of our district and all of the work of the people that came before me. I think each person, uh, former chief superintendents, you know, they all had good hearts. They all want to do goodness, mm -hmm. you know, for our district. But one of the things that I reflected upon is that it's in the little actions that we could do a better job of showing our faith. So, for example, when I... Um, my previous position, I was area director. So as an area director, I was responsible for supervising about 23 schools directly. So I was like the boss of the principals. I like to see, you know, work closely with them. And when I asked them a question, like if I was to look at a letter that you wrote to a parent and compared it to a letter that a public school principal wrote to a parent, would I see any differences? Because what I was noticing is there really wasn't a lot of difference. But, you know, how do we reference our faith? How do we even sign off like a sincere using sincerely versus using 
uh, peace be with you or peace and blessings on your day or what kind of references were we making to our faith and it always kind of mystified me too that in addition to having a director of Catholicity that for for many many years we hadn't had a Catholic priest you know work at a high uh, position within our organization so one of the things that I did even before I was hired to become the chief superintendent as I set up a meeting to talk to Bishop McGratton and I went to the bishop and I said, you know, bishop, I'm thinking about putting my name forward uh, for this important position. But I would like to know, like, what is your vision of the Calgary for the Calgary Catholic School District? Like, what are some things that you would like to see happening in Calgary Catholic schools? And we had a really good talk. And um, it was through that conversation that I felt that, uh, you know, the bishop said, this really isn't your it's not your decision to make. It's God's like God will choose who he wants to do his work. And I was really, uh, and I said, well, you know, like, let's see what God thinks. And so I put in my name for the position and, uh, you know, uh, was chosen as a successful candidate. But uh, I asked the bishop, I said, you know, bishop, I would really like to have a priest work within Calgary Catholic at a high level to help support our faith learning and our journey. And, and I, too, can learn and grow. I think we all can in our faith. Yep. And so the bishop said, well, Brian, you know, it's hard to find priests and they have all these parishes and I'm not sure I'm going to have to pray upon it. So um, after I achieved the position, I kept on uh, reaching out to the bishop. And in fact, we would have a weekly meetings. Sometimes I talked to him more than once a week and you know, to really, I wanted to have, and I have, I think we've achieved a really strong relationship with each other because we're all doing the same work and it starts within our schools. Like, you know, the, the children that go to our schools are the children that need to go to church and are part of the Calgary Diocese. And not only Calgary Catholic, but I'm really proud of the work that the bishop and I have done to bring the whole diocese together. So we have regular meetings with the other Catholic chief superintendents and we talk about um, ways that we can do work of the diocese better. Let me give you an example. When a teacher applies to work in Calgary Catholic, they need to go and get a reference letter from a priest. Mm -hmm. Now, the reference letters that were needed to work in Christ the Redeemer, which is part of the diocese, versus Holy Spirit, which is Leftbridge, versus Medicine Hat Catholic, they were all different. But guess what? The priests in the diocese, they may work Calgary one year and then get shifted to Brooks the next year. And so now they have a different criteria. And so we were able to bring all of the chiefs together with the bishop and to coordinate our efforts. So now there is one unified solution for that. And just to have those conversations about, you know, what are we doing for faith formation in Calgary Catholic being the largest district and how can we help support these smaller boards. And so we are sharing many of our resources and John Wash, who is our director of Catholicity, you know, God bless John. And I'm so luck lucky to work with him and uh, Kevin Warner, the entire team, you know, Chelsea Marshall. I have an amazing team. Um, our Catholicity team is so strong. Like the, each of these individuals are so gifted and strong in their faith and they're doing great work of meeting people where they are in their journey. Like I don't expect people to be like there's a whole range of Catholics. Yeah. You know, there's these people over here that have been baptized Catholic that believe they're Catholic. They never go to church. They are Catholic. They don't go to church. They, they know little about their faith, but they are still Catholic. And guess what? We have some of those, many of those people in Calgary Catholic mm -hmm. and in the Diocese of Calgary. And then on the other side, you know, we have people that are Catholic, baptized, go to church faithfully, study the Bible, and they know, they know, and, you know, they are devout, devout Catholics. 
And guess what? We have those in Calgary Catholic too. And so we have people in the middle and we need to meet people where they're at and to help everyone grow. Absolutely. And I couldn't agree with you more. And especially as we hopefully come out of this pandemic, we're going to have to re-evangelize a lot of our faithful and invite them back and, and make sure that they feel welcome. And so I, God Squad has always tried to meet men where they're at and, and journey with them because that's, that's what a disciple does is, is go and meet them where they're at, tell them about the good news and, and that's where, and invite them and walk with them. And it doesn't matter where you are in your faith. God has a plan for you. And I am really excited about the direction that the, I see the schools going. I know Mark Berger, the principal at St. Francis, keeps telling the kids about being a peacemaker, which is very much St. Francis, right? And, and St. Francis as a high school has one of the best histories and identities that I think, but you talked about priests in the schools where my oldest son won the father Wheelahan scholarship, which is a, another story priest that was in Calgary Catholic, right? Mm-hmm. Cause he was at St. Mary's and, and instilling some of that, identity because so many of our young people are looking for to be part of something bigger than themselves so i i I really would encourage building that identity that you've you've started so well it's through knowing coming to know the saints and religious faithful we are helping to evangelize and to help people better know and understand what it means to be catholic and so it's telling the story. It's sharing the story. And in Calgary Catholic, we have a three-year faith theme. And the faith theme comes from 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 13. And, and we all know this, faith, hope, and love abide. And the greatest of these is love. And so last year, we had a focus on faith. This year, our focus is on hope. And next year, our focus is on love. And one appropriate word to focus on hope especially in a global pandemic. And I'm a real big fan and believer in where there's crisis, there's opportunity. And so, you know, this pandemic is no coincidence. You know, God made the pandemic, God made the struggles, and it's through the struggles that we come to know him better. And, um, uh, you know, for those people that are right now having anxiety and uneasiness in their life or maybe have experienced death, uh, my hearts go out to them, but it's also an opportunity to come closer to God and to know God. And uh, I brought with me today one of the three books that Pope Francis has written, and it's called On Hope, you know, uh, and it's thoughts and words from Pope Francis. He has another book on love, and he has one on faith, and these books we've shared with each school. And I just love, you know, the Pope and some of his thoughts on these topics. And, you know, he talks about uh, in this book, you know, the absence of smiling, the absence of joy, like we need to bring about hope and you can see hope in people's, you know, face and expressions. And, uh, you know, just the gospel the other day was the gospel talking about 
you know, the people that were in the boat in the great storm and Jesus walked on the water and joined them and calmed the storm and was able to lead them safely to land. And the, how, how does that resonate with us now in a global pandemic that, you know, we may, you know, that story reminds us that Jesus is with us, that he has a plan. We will get through the storm and we will end up in a safe place. And it may, it may not be hours, like it may take days or years, but he will help guide us there. And, and he is in control and that's where, yeah, it's, it's that hope we at God Squad, it's funny because we, we come up with our themes unbeknownst to us, uh, 2020, our, our theme was on joy and, uh, and we had to pivot from doing a in-person conference to a virtual conference in a week. So it, it happened relatively quickly, but just that joy and that hope. And, and you talk about the smile and that's something that I've, I've consciously tried to do with the kids as an SRO is to build those relationships, to, to notice them. And with the mask, it's definitely harder. So yeah, I, yeah. I've had to make that conscious effort to make eye contact and say, good morning. And how are you? Where before I, I just give them a smile and they can't see it under my, well, they maybe can see it a bit in my eyes, but uh, it's harder with the mask on to, 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 so I've had to make that conscious effort to build that relationship by, by actually speaking to, but when you say good morning, 1800 times, that (laughs) it's a little hard on the vocal cards. Well, that's only one of, you know, smiling is only one of many actions, but there's, you know, so many others and, you know, how we treat each other. And, if we're going to be messengers of the Catholic faith, it, it starts in our actions and as adults in our schools. I'm so proud of our staff and our SROs and you and how, you know, our staff treat each and every child with dignity and worth because we know they're each made in the image and likeness of our Lord Jesus. And uh, it, it was it, interesting that, uh, you know, one of the things that I've said to all of the leaders and principals in Calgary Catholic is that I want to see you go to church. And guess what? You can go to church during a school day. As a principal, you guess what? You can go to church at 9 o'clock Mass. Like, all too often we ask our priests, come to the school, do Mass with our students, you know, help us with this liturgy, help us with that. And I challenged our leaders and I said, how often do we go to God's house? How often do we go to the priest's house, the church, and show support for the priest? Or are we always asking and asking without without by our presence at church, we're also giving back to the community and showing the importance of being present. And so this morning I went to church with Frank Durante, principal of Notre Dame High School, and, uh, you know, Mass was celebrated there, and um, Naveed, who is the priest, the parish priest, with Father Avi, uh, who is one of my mentors and a wonderful priest, talked about there is no evil in the world. Evil is really the absence of goodness. And that's how he divined evil. And it really made me think about, you know, sometimes we're dealing with a student who we may think, oh, that student, you know, we need to think hard about where's the goodness in their life? And how can we be, how can we help bring about goodness back in their life? Well, and that's interesting because I worked with youth at risk for, for 10 years. So you get to know these young people's story and, and you're going, really? And that's all you've done? Because you, you un- 
the hardships that some of these young people have gone through. Uh, one of the things that I did with the yard program was I, I reached out to St. Mary's University, the education uh, students there, to do some tutoring for these kids so that it helped the new teachers understand where some of these kids were coming from because they, they helped tutor them in their life outside the school and got to know these kids and then like why is johnny being the way johnny is <laughs> mm -hmm. what's the rest of the story so it, it is very helpful for for teachers and and police officers and whoever to take take a moment and just ask those questions like come to know the story that's so crucial in calgary catholic I know our director in our learning services department, her name is Leanne Timko and her team, you know, that's a, and it's also led by a superintendent, Kathleen Kostiak. That's a big part of the work that they're doing is don't place judgment without knowing um, the story. Like you don't know where a person has walked unless you take time to get to know them. A big example of that, uh, how many people out there watch Netflix? Yeah, every <laughs> once in a while. Uh, watch a show just the other day. I uh, don't have a lot of time to watch, but on the weekend I did watch an episode of this. Uh, actually, it was a documentary film about a guy called the uh, the Robot Chef or something like that. Uh, I'll have to get the name for you. But he was involved. Uh, this is a chef, a professional chef yeah. that lived on a, a, a yacht, a private yacht, and was hired, his job was to make all the meals on this yacht. And he was very successful in what he did. But um, he lived in, after his yacht thing, he went back home. His home was in Montana. Uh, he grew up without a father. And he was going hunting. Uh, by the way, I love hunting, love fishing. And so he was out, uh, out on this hunt in the back country of Montana. And he came across this big barrel. And inside the barrel, he saw the hide of a bear, like a bear. And so he took out his pocket knife and the claws were kind of sticking there. And I suspect he was going in to cut out the claws. And as he reached down, 24,000 volts of electricity went through his body and blasted him like 30 feet back. And uh, he wasn't sure if he was alive or dead, but he was able to hike, him, hike his way out. And I don't want to ruin this for you guys, but I highly recommend you do a search and watch this inspirational um, show about his life the exit wound came out of his head his thigh was blown off his ribs were blown mm. off like he lost his hand but his story was one where he grew up without a father was kicked out of nine different schools like he considered himself a bad apple but you know why and i would attribute partly to the fact that he never had that positive role model in his life and so in calgary catholic we are doing our best to try to um, support those students who may not have, uh, you know, the perfect family of a mom or a dad, but how can we connect them? Because uh, we know that uh, former Chief Superintendent Gary Struther was a, a really big proponent, so am I, of having a champion, having every child should have one important adult in their life, in addition to their parents, of course, someone that they can confide in, rely upon, and especially in our global pandemic, we, we know that mental health continues to be an issue, a rising issue. And so our students need to have people that they can rely upon to be their champion, to help them in the hard times and to be there for the good times too. So you bring up an interesting topic. So God Squad started because of the four police officers 
saw the lack of fatherhood for many of the young people that we were dealing with that were getting arrested, didn't have that positive role model. And, and we started doing the conferences, challenging men to, to be the husbands and fathers that God is calling them to. And I've worked with lots of, of them over the years doing the youth at risk and, and we started barbecue outreach. We've done lots of things and it's, so rewarding to see them succeed. In fact, one of them is now a teacher at CSSD, at, uh, which is so exciting to, to see the young men grow into that, that role of, of being that mentor. And it's one of the things that Rick Hansen used to talk about is, is quite often it is that teacher that can identify the problems and that's why we have the mass program right Uh Uh, is is teachers can't can and are quite often that advocate for the young people and and it's it's so rewarding so i i encourage people to get to know somebody on your block on your street wherever that need that positive especially male role model uh, men are are different. <laughs> That's why the gangs do so well is because they give them that sense of belonging, that identity. And that's why it's so important to to create that. You're kind of reminding me, uh, we talked a little bit about when I first began uh, almost two years ago and how I began my career dealing with a global pandemic. It was only a few months after that, that tragically, you know, George Floyd was killed. And then um, the whole racial justice took off around the world and here in Calgary. And I do believe that uh, there's work to be done in the Calgary Catholic School District when it comes to racial justice. And, uh, you know, I, I know our police force, they are so kind and compassionate and caring and not one, I don't know of one individual on the Calgary Police Force that wants to do harm to anyone at all. Uh, but we do do work in the area of racial justice. And one of the reasons why I say that we can, there's work to be done in this area is because not one of our principles, like I don't have one black principal in Calgary Catholic, right? And we have 117 schools. You would think that, you know, the diversity in Calgary that we would have more diversity at, in our senior ranks, right? And so we're looking at that, but it all starts too with our youth. We got to um, energize our youth to want to become teachers, right? Of all different races, all different ethnicities, mm-hmm. and then to come back and to work in the Calgary Catholic School District. But there's an, we were talking about the importance of mentoring and and being there and setting positive examples for youth. There's another organization that we've been doing some work with called Black Chambers. And the Black Chambers uh, group, like it's very confusing. There's many different black organizations and trying to pinpoint what is it exactly. You know, we know you're upset for, for, very, uh, for many valid reasons, but help us, you know, drill down, you know, what would it look like if the best were to happen? And uh, the Black Chambers group, I have uh, sat down and did something with them, just like we're doing here today, where they called me to a meeting so that we could just have an open, frank conversation and talk about what the world could look like. And this group is made up of uh, 
really educated black individuals. So part of black chambers, you have very wealthy and successful realtors, uh, lawyers, uh, chief justices, and so forth that want to make a difference in the lives of people. And so when we talk about some of the individuals that are part of gang movements, we're working with them to set up mentorship experiences so that they can be connected now, much like with the City of Calgary Police, be yeah. connected with an individual that can show them a different, hey, life, there's a different life that's out there for me. I just need a picture of what it could look like. Yeah, and that's where there's lots of good things. And, and actually when that broke, uh, uh, I know Matt Sawyer sits on your committee there and him and I met here in the pub uh, as soon as that broke just because I had done a lot of work with uh, that community through Yard and, and Real Me. I worked out of the Centre for Newcomers. So just starting that dialogue. And I was, I had been invited to, to have the discussion with the Black Students Union at uh, St. Francis. But unfortunately, the lunch hour that I was going there, uh, they had a, a main break. Uh -oh. So they had to close the school down because there was no water. So, uh, yeah. uh, but I'm sure we'll follow up with that here in the new year. And, and, and one of the things I also have Bishop McNally where we've had some issues. Uh, mm -hmm. it's been, it's been a busy year there for me and, uh, and trying to, we'll have to visit ways that we can divert the, what's going on outside the building. <laughs> uh, Dr. Phil Chavez there that we had on a recent episode was talking about, I should just set up a boxing ring and I suggested maybe the barbecue and have the discussions, <laughs> but uh, we, we're finding some good outlets for them to settle the disputes rather than having the fights. Mm -hmm. So I'm, I'm looking forward to, to maybe, trying to figure out what that would look like, divert that uh, energy. Like St. Francis, we ha at football, they, they've had football. Whereas last year, I was dealing with fights there because there was no football. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so the young men need to find an outlet. So uh, trying to find a positive outlet and what that looks like. So, And that's another reason why as we opened schools up yesterday, uh, you know, there's some people that are saying, oh, you're wrong for opening up athletics. And I don't think so. There's three reasons why we opened up athletics yesterday. Number one is community athletics have not been shut down provincially. So yeah. they're still open, right? Number two, the guidance from the Ministry of Education and Alberta Health Services for schools doesn't shut it down. Yeah. And number three, for students' mental health, for some of these individuals that's what gets them out of bed in the morning that's why they come to school is Amen. to be part of that basketball team and to engage in that yep. so to take that away from them um i think teachers would see more of a wrath in poor behavior from those students where here they now have an outlet and they're engaged and probably more positive in our schools by having that opportunity well and i would argue it's the best crime prevention tool available for the Calgary Police Service too, because you keep, we call it strength-based approach in the, you, you keep kids working on their positives uh, and then we'll, they'll deal with the other stuff because they've got a reason, like you say, to get out of bed. They've got a reason to come to school. 
we have to continue to support them that way. And, uh, and you've done a great job of, of trying to navigate that. So we talk about faith, family, food, and fun here. Is there a dish that uh, is your one that you prepare that, uh, with all your hunting and fishing that, uh, I have many dishes that I like. <laughs> right. And so, uh, Food, like, okay, I, I enjoy all sorts of food. I have no food allergies, I'll eat whatever, I love it all. Uh, but I do like venison and wild game. And my son, he's a graduate of Mount Royal University, also a graduate from the Calgary Catholic School District, Notre Dame. My daughter also graduated from Notre Dame. Uh, she's a teacher in Guadalajara, Mexico. It's uh, not St. Francis, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Location, close to the home, right? Yeah, and yeah. so... Uh, you know, I do lots of hunting with my son, and that's, you know, father-son time together. Yeah. And uh, he just loves that uh, show Meat Eater and the different ways. So Meat Eater is a, another television Netflix type thing where the guy goes hunting, you know, shoots the game, and then shows how to prepare different meals. Oh, wow. And okay. uh, one of the things that uh, Justin, my son, prepared is moose tongue. Moose Whoa. tongue. And I'm sitting there like, oh, I don't think this is going to be, I'm not sure about this. But I've come to, first of all, it was amazing. There amazing. And then I've come to learn that tongue of, you know, cattle tongue is like a delicacy in many countries. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, that's, I can't say it's my favorite, but I can say it's probably one of the most interesting foods that I've had most recently. This year, we were successful at shooting a bull moose and uh, a couple of white-tailed deer. And, that's uh, awesome. Yeah. So. Well, if you need help with uh, preparing that, I got a smoker out back, and we can uh, we can experiment some more. <laughs> so that that's awesome. Yeah. One of the segments that I do is, uh, as you know, a lot of young men struggle with even what manhood is. What advice do you give your eighteen-year-old self? So I guess the advice that I give my eighteen-year-old self is. Um, you know, enjoy life to, uh, to take advantage of many opportunities. Don't, uh, you know, don't get your first job. Think, don't think that your first job is your last job or your final job. Like I think, you know, try many different things. Right. And, uh, you know, I was a swimming pool lifeguard and swimming pool manager before I went into education. So I had a chance to dabble, but that was education, educate, everything was education. And for me, I loved, you know, being with, you know, children and adults and teaching them. And so that was kind of my calling is to go into education and to become a teacher. And I've been with Calgary Catholic for the last 31 years and I've enjoyed every minute of it. Um, but yeah, the advice I would give is enjoy life you know, enjoy many different opportunities, many different careers. Don't like lock yourself into one thing right away. You know, I think, uh, and I think the workforce we're seeing today is they're looking for people that have diversity. You know, like I think if we look at, uh, uh, maybe I'm wrong, but even with the, the police to look at people who have had other life experiences be before they become a police officer, you know, puts them in good standing. Right? That, you are absolutely right because uh, it's hard to go into a domestic if you just got out of high school or university and tell people, try to help them as they... Uh, so that life experience does play a big part in, in policing for sure. So one one of the other segments that I do is 
Jeff Cavins talks about riding with your posse. So who are your go-to saints? Who are the, the ones that you call on on a regular basis? Well, I think, you know, last year we know was a year of St. Joseph that ended at the beginning of December here. Um, definitely one of the go-to saints, St. Saint Francis, right? And, you know, the emphasis on peace, another saint for sure. Um, you know, St. Ambrose, you know, the academic side of things, another person I think that, and, you know, Mary, of course, uh, I was so blessed in my career. I'll tell you a short story here. Years ago, I was a, a principal that had the opportunity to open a new school called Our Lady of Fatima. So Our Lady of Fatima, we know about the apparitions in Fatima, Portugal, of three children who the Virgin Mary came to in the early 1900s and gave several messages to. So one day I'm sitting in my office and the phone rings and uh, uh, I answer the phone and this individual claims to be, uh, you know, a priest from Fatima, Portugal. And I'm thinking, okay, this is my buddy Steve who's playing a practical joke on me and I'm almost ready to hang up the phone. But I continue to listen and he goes, hi, I'm Father Rui from the Basilica in Fatima. And we saw your, and he's explaining in broken English that he saw the school logo on the internet. And it was the year of the 90th anniversary of the apparitions of, of Fatima. And he goes, can we use, can we put your logo in this contest for the, the posters and everything for the 90th anniversary? And I said, sure, like that, go ahead. And I never expected anything to come of it. About two months go by, and then all of a sudden I'm getting another phone call, and now it's the Archbishop calling to say <laughs> congratulations in broken English again that your logo has won the competition, right? And the parents, uh, the parents and our staff work together with our document services, very gifted individuals, Robert or uh, Roger Schmidt, and made this beautiful image of the Virgin Mary holding out her hand like this with the three children in her hand and the sun, the image of the sun in the background. And so uh, the Archbishop said, we would like you to come to Fatima, Portugal. And this is when Lucy Miller, Lucy Miller was the chief superintendent. She just no. began as the chief superintendent. And so I told this story to my boss, my direct report, who was Dr. Andrew McGinn. And I shared the story with her and how they had asked me to come. And Andrew goes, you're not going to Portugal. But I said, well, can you please share the story with Lucy? See, you know, so no. it's a, kind of a funny story, right? And so she shares the story, and all of a sudden I get this phone call a week later from Lucy Miller. Dr. Miller said, guess what? You're going to <laughs> Portugal. So I went, and so when you asked, like, who are some of the go-to people, I had an amazing experience of going there, and I was there at the conference. Um, and it was also the time when they were opening. So if you've ever been to Fatima, Portugal, at one end of this square, they have the old basilica, and there's probably almost a not quite a kilometer, but straight across from it is a brand new, the Church of the Holy Trinity. And it's one of the biggest churches in the world. Oh, and it, wow. ap it happened to open during the 90th um, anniversary celebrations. And the president of Portugal, uh, the Pope was supposed to be there. Something happened. He was sick at the time. And so he sent his second in command and they had the Pope's honor guard there. Oh, wow. And this was a really big deal. Like, like people, like I've only been in a mob once in my life and this was a true mob. Like there was a mob of people that were trying to get in to be part of the opening ceremonies. And the whole front of the church, like inside the church at the altar was all done in gold embossed um, art, you know, from one of the famous artists of, I think from Ireland. 
And anyways, so I'm in the middle of this mob and I brought this teacher buddy of mine with me on this trip because, you know, I've never gone like that far away on a conference. I didn't want to go alone. And so we had these name tags that had the logo on it and everything. And we were literally lifted and, and people like were, we were passed <laughs> by people holding on to our buttocks and stuff and pushing us to get because the, they, they opened the doors and they saw us with our tags and they pointed at us. And so we were inside in like VIP sitting for a four and a half hour long service with and, and, and most of the people that were inside the church were bishops or archbishops and other clergy. And so we were so fortunate to be part of that experience. And so Mary, because of that experience and being there and to see the devout faith of people who would, you know, pray and walk on their knees, you know, um, through the path. Or people that were brought in um, in stretchers or in hospital beds that you know prayed and and there they have a tradition of you can buy different wax figurines of you know if you have an ailment of the hand you could buy a wax hand or an arm or a leg and then you sacrifice it by burning it in the altar there at Fatima and you pray and you say prayers and so you know through this experience I would have to say Mary is definitely. Uh, you know, a big part of one of my go-to people as uh, that's quite the, the story. Yeah. Talk yeah. about God working in mysterious ways, and uh, that that's awesome. I'll have to tell Jeff because uh, he just led a tour to Portugal and Fatima, so uh, I'll have to pass that story along to him. Yeah. So normally I have a whiskey, uh, and the Gaelic term is for whiskey is Ishkabaha, which means water of life. And my prayer is that you continue to lead many souls to the true water of life. And I want to thank you for taking time out of your busy day to come to the pub and, and join us for a wine this time. So, Well, my pleasure. And I just want to thank you and all members of the God Squad and the Calgary Police Service for your hard work and dedication to doing God's work here on earth. And we're so blessed and lucky to have people like you. And uh, to all those watching here today, uh, my apologies if my stories were a little long, but uh, you can see the excitement and the enthusiasm. And hopefully we can all learn from each other and uh, spread our faith amongst each other by sharing stories of, of God doing his will with us. So That's awesome. Cheers. Cheers. Thank you. I hope you have enjoyed this episode of A Dram with Friends. Like and subscribe. Go to all podcast platforms to look for it on podcast or go to godsquad.ca to support our mission.